0: You are listening to the Careers for You podcast, the podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode we talk to employers, alumni and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello and welcome to the podcast, I'm your host Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor at Bournemouth University. Today, I chat to George Wright. When we recorded this episode, George was head of community engagement at MyG Work, which is an LGBTQ job search and networking platform. In this episode, we talk about the importance of workplace inclusivity for LGBTQ graduates and professionals, what employers can do to help promote a sense of inclusivity, and how MyG Work can support both job seekers and employers. So, hi George, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It's good to be here
0: lovely um could you just yeah introduce yourself and where you're from certainly
1: uh, so my name is george wright my pronouns are he him uh, and i'm the head of community engagement here at my g work with the lgbtq plus business community if people aren't familiar with us um, we're a platform for professionals for graduates anyone really that believes in workplace equality to connect with one another to access inclusive jobs um events News media outreach uh, such as this. I'm tuning in this morning uh, from a very sunny, thankfully Essex, uh, but typically of London.
0: Lovely. Sounds sunnier than down here in Dorset. Not so great down here. We're going to be talking about what MyGWork can offer students and graduates and how they can um, access it as well. But I think it's a really great topic of conversation just to talk about, um, what, you know, why why does this platform exist? Why is it? Why is workplace in, inclusivity so important. So let's start off. So in terms of what challenges do LGBTQ plus individuals face in the working environment?
1: So the challenges facing professionals going into the workplace, at least from an LGBTQ plus perspective, um, from our own research, anyway, from research we've carried out and our partners have carried out, seems to predominantly hinge on people not feeling comfortable being out in the workplace or not being able to be out and comfortable in the workplace. Um, So for example, I believe we found that about one in three graduates uh, go back into the closet, as it were, when starting their first job, just because it's, you know, they're will it, won't it, can I, can't I, Um, which is Quite crazy for us, because I think the same research suggested that I think about six in 10 graduates said that it was important to them, obviously, to be out in their workplace so much so that they would possibly leave their job if they didn't feel they could be. And that's that's really where um, the the organization has come from. Our co-founders, Adrian and Pierre Gobert, um, were you know going into the world of work. And this was must be about 2012, 2013. And, you know. They, they were like, "Well, it's, it's 2012, it's 2013. We can be out at work. We can be open about who we are at work. You know, we can be honest about who we are." But their experiences when they got into the workplace was was nothing like that. And they just kind of went, "Well, we can't be the only ones in this situation." And and so we've kind of evolved over the last sort of couple of years to to really say, "Look, okay, how do we go about changing that?" I so, said, "You know, the Solicitors regulation, uh, regulation Authority, the SRA is that regulatory regulator? Never too sure." But the the SRA, I recall, because um, I'm a lawyer by education. Mm-hmm. The SRA, whilst I was at university, did a lot of research into this, and they found, for example, you know, you had a- associates who were going into the office who didn't feel they could be out with clients because, of course, if clients, as it were, disapproved, then suddenly you're worrying is that a source of income for the business that's going to be cut off, um, and didn't you know couldn't because when you think about uh, people-facing roles, business to business, sales, marketing, etc. You know, authenticity sells, as we know this. People want to hear, oh, you know, my fiancé and I went away this weekend. Oh, you know, we took the kids down to the beach. Oh, we've just moved into a new place. And if you can't talk about your personal life, and obviously, you know, wherever, wherever it's appropriate to do so, but if you can't talk about your personal life in that way, because you're worried that the company will lose business or there'll be comments made to you or it will not be received well... It's very difficult to, A, give your all to your job and, and, you know, sort of be the best you can be. But it's also, yeah, very difficult then to sometimes compete with other people in the same job if they don't have that obstacle in front of them, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all those conversations, they happen in the workplace, don't we? Naturally, you talk about people who are part of your lives um, or or, or people ask questions about those, sometimes making those assumptions.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I've, I've focused on that quite heavily, but that's before we even look at sort of issues around language as well. So, yeah. like, for example, I mean, and this sort of differs as as you sort of get into different things, and it's the same with any sort of um, diversity and inclusion. You know, if people are making comments in the workplace that are casually biphobic, or you know, you've got a, a workplace colleague who's going off about oh they're not really sure about those trans people it, it sets a very different tone and it's very difficult for you then again to feel like you fit into that workplace or to actually work when you're constantly at the back of your head thinking do they think do, do they do they know I am is this going to be mm-hmm. a problem uh, you know if, if someone finds out that I will I be a result of this and, I mean, it's one thing for LGB people and sort of, you know, cisgendered people especially, pardon me is the correct term to use, um, but for trans people especially, you know, you're looking there about potentially having to detransition to go into a workplace um, and completely cover up an identity, you know, your identity you've been living in for, you know, however long because you're worried that, again, if people find out or if there aren't policies in place or, or whatever, that, that's a massive barrier to your work.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess that then could affect, you know, Obviously, it affects mental health. It can affect, you know, how you feel in the workplace, how inclusive you feel. But also, I guess, from an employer's perspective, it can actually affect the performance. So maybe they're not giving it their all to their job or maybe they leave or, you know, so it can have
1: that effect, can't it? It can have that effect. Absolutely. Because yeah you you are right if people aren't able to give their all because they are having to put energy into worrying about being found out as it were or worrying about comments or so on and so forth they're going to struggle and then it's a very difficult position to be in to try and explain to a manager oh maybe I'm not doing as well because I am worried about this in the workplace it's not a fun or a comfortable conversation to have and you know it is, yeah, it, it's such a sort of big challenge in that regard to be able to, to sort of, um, yeah, live authentically and be yourself and give it all because you're looking at having to spend however long in your career, maybe before you move or hoping that one day the office culture changes because otherwise, for as long as you're in that job, that's that's kind of what you're dealing with, and that's before you even consider. there's a you know, the the actually emotionally draining aspect of that, of You know, I said, if you went to Pride at the weekend and you're worried that someone's going to tag you on Facebook in a picture and a colleague's going to see, and that's going to be a topic of conversation on Monday morning, or, you know, as you said, you reach a massive milestone because you've just proposed to your partner or you've both just adopted or you've got a new place and you're sat thinking, I want to enjoy this, but I can't share this knowledge with, I can't have conversations about this with the people I spend all of my working day with. It's, it's not desirable for anyone, really.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what can employers do to to what, what what can employers do? But also, what can the employees do to build more of an inclusive environment?
1: So, I'll start at an employer level and work our way down because I I think top top heavy approaches obviously aren't always foolproof. But the power of having senior leadership. Um, involved, informed, present um, goes a long way so if that for example is companies looking to implement policies for example um, you know we have organisations will come to us big and small and say look we've got our first trans member of staff you know we what what should we be doing in terms of um healthcare what should we be doing in terms of pronouns what should we be doing in terms of policies towards dealing with over in the workplace and we say okay let's sit down and look at what kind of rules we can draw up what's fair what you know and put, put, put them in touch with organizations that perhaps um best specialize at that as well and providing that help and for example finding um we work with a wonderful uh, organization called global butterflies who do a lot of Uh, wonderful training and sort of shout out (laughs) to them who do a lot of wonderful training around trans inclusion in the workplace um, and addressing a lot of unconscious biases. And it's great at a senior level to have that. And the other one, so from a more uh, employee focus is employee resource groups or business groups, ERGs, BRGs, the acronym changes kind of between companies. Um, And these are voluntary associations of staff who, you know, it typically I so said a lot of them now tend to be focused around intersectionality so you'll have companies that will have a women's network um, a black and minority ethnic e- uh, network an LGBT network a disability network etc um, voluntarily run by member uh, by employees rather um, and these go a long way in terms of both fostering workplace inclusion in the office so rainbow lanyards pronouns in emails um You know, sort of being visible. So I said that that new graduate who's fresh out of university gets into the office and sees, oh, my God, there are other people here who are able to live the life I want to live, basically. Um, But also, yeah, being able to have those policies. So some of the partners we work with use reverse mentoring. Quite well, where maybe a junior member of staff, you know, who identifies as LGBTQ+, will be assigned a senior member of staff who's not to, I kind, yeah, will reverse mentor to kind of teach them and say, look, this is my experience, this is what I've been through, this is what language I encounter, this is what language I use, and that goes a long way again in helping people that maybe otherwise just haven't come into contact with it or aren't familiar with it to go, wait a second, is, is this what? Other people in the office are experiencing and, and going somewhere to changing that. Uh, with with senior leadership as well, it's nice to kind of bridge that gap between them. You'll find a lot of employee resource groups um, benefit from having senior leadership as sponsors or conveners or sort of sat on the board, as it were. Um, because and when you talk to some of these networks, that's what they'll say is, oh, the company vice president is our is our sponsor, which is great because suddenly that resource group has almost a direct line as it were to you know people within the company that can make decisions or who can more easily perhaps sometimes navigate the structures that otherwise you know are, are an issue as it were.
0: I really love that reverse mentoring that's that's really interesting that's great because actually yeah sometimes it's just building that understanding isn't it it's it, yeah it's teaching and learning, and we, that's what we're all doing, aren't we? We're all, we're all learning, we're all trying to
1: adapt. And... It's 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 exposure. It's, it's one of those things where, in your head, if you have an abstract idea of what an LGBTQ plus person looks like, or behaves like, or what their day-to-day is, that will never come close to meeting one of the, what, three million something, three and a half million LGBTQ plus people that live in the UK, necessarily. And as you get to meet more people and they go, oh, you know, um, this is how I grew up. This is how I've done this. This is how I live my life, et cetera. It, they stop necessarily being this kind of bogeyman that you've maybe seen or thought of growing up or maybe, you know, being sort of uncomfortable around or whatever. You know, the power of exposure to helping people actually realize that there are human beings on the other end of people's actions people's behavior you know and there, there are consequences in that way there's a long way um in in helping foster that kind of inclusion
0: mm. and you know i guess once businesses start to do that you know send those messages out that just and it can make everyone feel more inclusive then doesn't it, it it's
1: beneficial yeah. oh really do you know it's it's one of those things where and it's not just businesses either. I think it's starting within offices and, and moving out. I mean, one of the questions that's often asked of um, companies with international offices is how do you navigate having, you know, so, you know, you have an LGBT network. You're very good with, you know, your LGBT staff and your LGBT network in London. But how do you manage that in countries where it's not legal, or if it is legal, it's still heavily discriminated against. And you have companies saying, well, our offices are basically kind of treated as safe havens, that throughout the, the company, we make it very clear in our offices that, you know, the that we have kind of set the tone and obviously, you know, legality is one thing. And obviously, where well, I should caveat that obviously where there is reasonable uh, grounds for illegal behaviour is one thing. But broadly saying that people should be able to turn up at the office in any country. And many, you know, people relocate um, and should be able to sort of come to the office and it's not going to be an issue there either. But it's, you know, if you ever catch the tube at rush hour, you can sometimes count um, with with more than both hands the amount of rainbow lanyards you'll see. And when you think about the fact that, you know, you're suddenly you're sat on the tube and, you know, there's three people on there with rainbow lanyards, you're sat thinking, why are they wearing that? Are they wearing that to show, you know, that presumably they've chosen to wear that for a reason, either because they're in the community or an ally or supportive of or however. And that's representation in the first place, because if you even if you're not in that business or working with that business, you see a they either have LGBTQ plus staff or allies, B, uh, you've got either someone who's LGBTQ plus or an ally on in the same space as you in that time uh, and see that that company cares enough about that that it wants its staff to feel included and safe and, and welcome in the office.
0: Brilliant and we've talked a little bit about language and I know that's quite hmm. relatively hot topic at the moment isn't it there's lots of yeah. conversations that are going on about that so how important is it to use the right language
1: I don't think it can be sort of um, overstated. I think it's the it really helps to know the meanings of words when you plan to use them, doesn't it? I think yeah, I, I, do you know what it is? Language is a powerful, powerful tool because very simply put, we have spent thousands of years constructing a language, you know, as wide as it is long, with all these wonderful words that some of us apparently don't all know how to use, um, with all these with these great meanings. And Language is a very personal thing, you know, when you identify yourself and not just, you know, sort of gender or sexuality, etc., but when you say, oh, I'm from this place or I am this, I'm a sports person, I'm a writer, I'm, you know, working class, I'm from a mixed family or however you identify yourself, the methods by which you do so have an impact on you and being able to tell your story in your own words is, is really quite important and so the importance of being able to use the appropriate language and the right language for other people is paramount very simply put obviously it's not always perfect as you say it's you know it is a hot topic language is constantly changing and evolving and that's partially as said because you know we have a language that has the benefit of being able to evolve so quickly uh, but also the consciousness now to consider whether or not it needs to evolve, you know, you'll, there'll be terms that you'll use for things that may have been the accepted term, you know, for decades even, but only now we're starting to think, okay, how does that, how, how is that actually used? I mean, not LGBTQ+, um, but to look at sort of, for example, asylum, um, refugees, etc. cetera. When you think about how a lot of that language has been used over the last few decades, it's understood predominantly, um, dare I say, it's quite a demonising tone from time to time. There's a lot lot of rhetoric seen around it. It's understandable, perhaps, why organisations that work with these people want to move to new language, language that maybe doesn't have that baggage. And obviously, people will slip up and make mistakes, you know, invariably everyone will have a story at some point about how they got someone's pronoun, pronouns wrong and they were mortified and it's very embarrassing. But more often than not, it the, the other great benefit of, of language is tone, is the fact that the person on the other end of that, you can often kind of tell there is a difference between getting language wrong unintentionally and there is a difference between getting language wrong with malice. And I think that's that's kind of where that line has to be drawn. Everyone learns, Mm-hmm. And the fact that everyone can learn is a wonderful thing it also means that no one has any excuses in the long run for refusing to learn. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things. As, as time moves on and as language evolves, it's just keeping ourselves on top of that and ensuring that at least regardless of how perfect it is or isn't, that we're remembering that, again, there are other people on the end of that conversation, on the end of that language that need to be respected and are entitled to that respect.
0: Mm. it's it's being mindful isn't it it's for all of us just to kind of be mindful keep up to date um and and I guess understand why you know why it is actually important um to to others to different people so okay um so can we talk a little bit about my g work then like what what students can get from the platform um how you guys help help students and graduates and other and professionals it's obviously not just for students and graduates
1: (laughs) so we work with about 300 organizations around the world uh, big and small to advertise roughly a hundred thousand jobs at all levels across countless industries I said you know big household names tiny niche startups all angles we advertise Jobs on their behalf, which students and graduates um, can sort of search through, because the benefit there is that if you're scrolling through my G work and you see, OK, here's a top 10 law firm that's advertising a job in you know, New York, you can click on their profile and say, OK, but who is this firm? What are they doing? And you can go to their profile and you can see you know, an interview with one of their staff about you know, why pride matters to them, or you can see they hosted an event a couple of weeks ago, you know, celebrating LGBTQ plus history month, and you can kind of get a feel for actually whether or not companies, as is often, I think, maybe sometimes an issue, you can get a better feel for whether or not companies are window dressing, when they say they're committed to diversity and inclusion. Because it's one thing for their own internal networks. Go, we have a pride network and they meet up once a year and have a pride party. It's always very fun. But if you can see, you know, sort of through, again, the words of their own staff um, and the stuff they've written for the platform. I mean, you know, members of staff from these companies are on the platform. They connect their profiles to the organization. So you can even connect with some of those staff and say, look, I've been looking at this job. What, you know, do you have any advice, do you have any tips, but also how do you how are you finding being lgbtq plus in this office in this place that's invaluable in addition to the jobs we do uh, a lot of upskilling so we run um, workshops on cv writing uh, personal development skills uh, mentoring and getting the most out of mentoring schemes etc you know we in in addition to sort of monthly events uh, panel events based around topics that are pertinent to the community. So, for example, uh, March's topic is LGBTQ plus parenting. Last month was History Month. Uh, it's the lived experience of lesbian and bi women, I believe, next month. And that's another thing where, again, you can go along and you can listen to people in their own words tell their story and, you know, learn more about what is the appropriate language, what are other people going through. So for students and graduates there... It's a good opportunity to, A, I suppose, realise that it's not all doom and gloom. There are inclusive workplaces out there. You, you know, there are spaces for you to be who you are at work, um, but also you know, upskill yourself and equip yourself to get into those workplaces.
0: Excellent. So the, the, the employers that you have on your platform are ones that you are aware they are more inclusive, but then they can find out mm-hmm. more about how they are yes. more inclusive. Um, yeah
1: we so we work quite closely with them as said to um support their lgbtq plus networks as said to um help i guess bring in more lgbtq plus or lgbt um or allies rather in within to the workplace as said uh, through the jobs we advertise i mean hopefully there aren't uh, a, a large tranche of, of homophobes <laughs> using the platform just to, to get into workplaces but um yeah it, it, it's One of those things where we will catch up with a company we're um, working with and say, great, you know, you've got this event coming up. Let's advertise this and let's get this out to more people because, you know, you're doing this great work with this LGBT charity or this speaker or on this topic. And, you know, we want to get as many people as possible involved, but also make sure that people know, as said, that you're a workplace that that cares about this and, and takes it seriously.
0: And is it free for... People to search for jobs. Yeah.
1: All you need is a profile which you can register for free. Um, if you have a LinkedIn profile, you can plug that in immediately and it will fill everything in for you nice and easy. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and from there I said you can start scrolling job postings, you can start scrolling our events. I said we have news and media articles and interviews that go up sort of you know several, several well daily throughout the week. Um, yeah quite quite a a long long list of things to do and and that's before we even consider um, connecting with other members to chat or find out more our members can sign up to be mentors um, uh, country ambassadors which we used uh, with people so for example if people are relocating to a certain place they can find a country ambassador for that area and say look I'm moving in three months time what should I know or what's the stance on this or however that is going to use to uh, mental health professionals, et cetera. You know, the the aim of the platform is to be, I guess, the the one stop shop for students, graduates, professionals who want to be themselves at work and whether they need support to do that or want to be able to support others to do that. We're kind of there to make that connection. That's
0: brilliant. And I get the power of a mentor, I think, can't be underestimated as well, can it? I think and networking generally. So where you've got a platform where you can reach out to other people, um, in different companies and find out about their role or to find a mentor through that is so so brilliant because you know mentors can be so beneficial to to anyone within their career journey really it doesn't have to be right at the start of their career um kind it so that's great Yeah, men-
1: mentoring is invaluable um as as is networking the ability to be able to because again if you imagine that you know, this law firm is advertising this job in New York and you decide I'm going to apply for it. I'm going to relocate when I do it. I'm going to connect with a couple of their staff in advance to ask what can I expect in the application process? What did you find worked well? What does the LGBT network look like at that company? And then you get the job and you relocate and you find a country ambassador to ask them, you know, where's the the best places to be living? What's public transport like? Are there particular um, places I should be looking at, etc.? And then finally you get to the office and you've already connected with several people in there and you know that, sure, you know, you might have just flown several thousand miles across the sea, but there are, in theory, there are people there that you can reach out to immediately and rely on. It kind of takes some of that, I guess, stress out of starting a new job or moving country or just taking a big step in your life worrying about will there be anyone to catch you on the other side
0: mm. Mm. which is brilliant no matter who you are i think having having that sort of um network is is brilliant so be excellent that sounds a really great platform well, thank you brilliant okay well thank you so much i mean i've learned so much in this episode um and i think it just it really highlights i think about it is important you know it is important for a work, an inclusive workplace for anyone actually but um you know obviously for this particular topic the lgbtq um community plus community um so i just think yeah having kind of people talking about it i think is really great i think having these sorts of platforms um and actually just for us all to be open to hearing and i think that's one of the important things is you know we we need to listen um and we need to hear and we need to maybe make some of those changes that um can benefit everyone so yeah
1: definitely oh no my, my pleasure my pleasure
0: thank you so much thank you thank you for listening today please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes